Welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 100, episode 100. That is tremendously awesome. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Um, but I just want to reiterate some things. Um, you know, I'm not going over, I'm not reading every verse in every chapter, so I highly recommend that you go over uh, every verse, especially in Psalms as we're going through Psalms, because, again, I'm not reading every v- verse. I'm just reading uh, verses that... Um, in my opinion, give the theme to that particular chapter. And so uh, I highly encourage you to read through every verse as we go through the Psalms. Uh, secondly, for those <clears throat> that may be interested, this is uh, you know, coming to you live on Facebook, but the audio portion also goes out on a podcast, and the podcast has reached pretty much worldwide. I mean, we've got downloads from Spain, from uh, the UK, from Argentina, from Indonesia. Uh, It's it's truly amazing to me, Uh, but apparently there's at least a degree of hunger for the word uh, around the world, and so hopefully it will continue to go forth and grow. And so, um, and I just find that to be tremendously awesome and am blessed for the opportunity to bring forth the word, and and hopefully it's impacting lives. At least that is what my prayer is, because the word is powerful, and it seems like we can say any year, you know, especially nowadays, well, you can say that at any point in time in history, especially nowadays, that's because the word's power is ever-present and it is time-tested and long-lasting. It doesn't have an expiration date on it. And so um, it's, highly, it's highly important to go forth. And, and one of the main reasons that I started this was because I get sick and tired of people not knowing what's in the word and what they do is they lean on other people's understandings or they take a particular scripture or verse uh, out of context in order to tell a story that they want to tell and then other people listen to it without realizing that it's totally and completely out of context. You take a scripture out of context, you can pretty much make it say whatever you want it to say. Mm -hmm. And so in order to combat being manipulated by others, you have to know what's in it. And so that is one of the main reasons that I'm doing this. And so with that, you ready, honey? As you can see, I've got my right-hand woman right here. (laughs) And she's joined us on episode 100. Uh, There was tremendous response last time when she joined us. And so we're going to continue on. Wait, I brought a a prop. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. It's a celebration hat. So congratulations, honey, for hitting 100. Okay. I just thought I'd bring like a little, you know, little fanfare. That's that's tremendous. So thank you for being disciplined and sticking to this. And 100 episodes, that's something to celebrate. So that's why I brought the goofy hat. That's that's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So with that, let's get started. We're going to return back here to Psalms chapter 73. And the intro says, uh, God's way vindicated the temporary prosperity of the wicked, and uh, lasting rewards of the righteous. Uh, We should live holy lives and trust God for our future rewards. First one, God is indeed good to Israel, uh, to the pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. My steps nearly went astray. Now this is Asaph talking, because remember, David concluded his Psalms yesterday. In verse 3, for I envied the arrogant and saw the prosperity of the wicked. So here Asaph is saying that uh, indeed the Lord blesses Israel, uh, but as for him, 
his feet almost slipped. Why? Because he envied what he saw the wicked having or the arrogant having, and he saw the prosperity of the wicked. And so that made him kind of envious, kind of jealous. Does that ring any bells? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Sometimes you just see people that are doing things and you know they're not right, but they're they're prospering from it. And you, you're like, I'm trying to be a person of integrity. I'm trying mm -hmm. to walk things out the right way. But it feels like that person's getting blessed and I'm not or whatever. So Absolutely. I can understand how he felt envious. Absolutely. But a lot of times one of the problems is, is the scale by which we use to evaluate prosperity. And so if we use a scale that has to do with resources and possessions and, and whatnot, uh, then we're not putting things of an eternal value. Um, we're, we're not understanding the value of that uh, relative to the things uh, that we see as far as possessions, houses, cars, f finances, whatever. And so in verse 4 it says, they have an easy time, they being the wicked, uh, this is Asaph talking, this is in his observation, they have an easy time until they die, and their bodies are well fed. They are not in trouble like others, they are not afflicted like most people. So what Asaph is seeing is just blessings of the wicked, and th this is what is attracting him in his heart. In verse 11, it says, The wicked say, How can God know? Does the Most High know everything? Look at them, the wicked. They are always at ease, and they increase their wealth. And so again, we can see how, can, how people can look on that and then want to emulate it because they think that's the way uh, they should go. Verse 13, Did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? And so Asaph is saying, you know, have I tried to be a person of integrity for no reason? Have I put myself essentially through uh, hardships as far as the world is concerned uh, for nothing? You know, essentially he's asking, where's my reward? What do you think about that? I can see how you think that. <laughs> <laughs> he says, for I am afflicted all day long and punished every morning. <laughs> In verse 16, when I tried to understand all this, it seemed hopeless. Until I entered God's sanctuary, then I understood their destiny, they being the wicked. Indeed, you put them in slippery places. <laughs> you make them all fall into ruin. How suddenly they become a desolation. They come to an end, swept away by terrors. And so Asaph is saying, I was feeling all this stuff. I was feeling some kind of way. And then I stepped into the Lord's sanctuary. And then my eyes got opened. And then I saw what the real deal was. What do you think about that? It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, when the curtain got pulled back, he saw something different than what they were externally portraying. Yeah, what they were presented was a false portrayal of what was really happening behind the scenes. <clears throat> In verse 21, when I became embittered in my innermost being, I was wounded. I was stupid and didn't understand. <laughs> I was an unthinking animal towards you. So this is Asaph saying, God, I was an unthinking animal towards you. I didn't get it. I didn't understand. Yet I am always with you, or yet, yet, I am always with you. You hold my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterwards uh, you will take me up in glory. Comment. Comment. <laughs> it's just good that he saw that God had him he was holding him in his hand and protecting him from not having that 
wicked curtain pulled from behind him. And he was the Lord was guiding him. Absolutely. But he didn't see that when he was watching other people comparing himself. That's right. Comparison is a dangerous thing. Let's go on to um, Psalms chapter seventy-four. The intro says. Prayer for Israel, a plea for God to help his people defend his cause and remember his promises. When we feel devastated or forgotten, we can plead to God for help knowing that he hears. In verse 1, why have you rejected us forever, God? Why does your anger burn against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you purchased long ago and redeemed as the tribe for your own possession. Remember Mount Zion where you dwell. Your adversaries roar in the meeting place where you met with us. They set up their emblems as signs. They set your sanctuary on fire. They utterly desecrated the dwelling place of your name. This is speaking about when Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians and they came in and they desecrated the temple of the Lord. And there are people witnessing this. And so they're saying, why God? Why? Verse 10. God, how long will you? Uh, how long will the enemy mock? Will the foe insult your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand? Stretch out your right hand and destroy them. <laughs> you know, in verse eighteen, remember this: the enemy has mocked the Lord, and a foolish people has insulted your name. Do not give to the beast, or do not give to beast the life of your dove. Do not forget the lives of your poor people forever. And so he's making a plea. He says, don't just hand us over to these people. You know, remember us. I remember they were deserving of what they got. You know, they were deserving. The Lord kept warning Judah and Israel, you know, kept saving them, kept warning them, kept saving them, kept warning them. They kept sinning, kept sinning, kept sinning. And then finally, the Lord handed them over to what, uh, what they deserved. And in verse 22, it says, rise up, God, champion your cause. Remember the insults that fools bring against you all day long. Do not forget the clamor of your adversaries, uh, the tumult the of your um, opponents that goes up constantly. So, honey, I want you to comment on sometimes when we uh, cry out to the Lord and we're seeing things going on and whatnot, we forget what we've done in order to precipitate that response from, from God. And so, um, and all we see is what we're experiencing on the negative end without realizing what we've done in the past to bring this about. Comment on that, because that's essentially what's being said here. That is what's being said. So, we sometimes we don't turn to God till we're in trouble, mm -hmm. but we don't see why we got in trouble in the first place was probably because of something that we did or mm -hmm a situation we put ourselves in or and now we're in trouble and now we're looking for him to get us out <laughs> and so you for it's easy to forget well this happened because I did that back there mm -hmm. and now I'm in trouble and so mm -hmm. now we're crying out to the Lord where if we had just taken his hand like mm -hmm. in the previous verse and let him walk us through it mm -hmm. we might not be where we are Right. And so the first step when we're dealing with things is recognition of our part in it. You know, we, we have to recognize our part. And when we recognize our part, then we don't want to we don't run away, but we run to God. You know, we repent. We acknowledge what he, he already knows what we've done wrong. He's just looking for our acknowledgement of it. And then we own it. And then we repent. And then we keep going because um, the word says essentially that when you sincerely repent, it's as if it never happened in the first place. And so let's go on to chapter 75. 
And the intro says, God judges the wicked because God is the final judge. The tables will be turned upon the wicked. When arrogant people threaten our security, we, uh, we can be confident that God will ultimately overrule and destroy them. <laughs> Verse 2, when I choose a time, this is God talking, when I choose a time, I will judge fairly. Again, when I choose a time, that doesn't mean that the time is going to be in accordance with what we think it should be. God is saying, when I choose a time, I will judge fairly. When the earth and all its inhabitants shake, I am the one who steadies its pillars. I say to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. A horn being uh, ancient times metaphor for strength and power of an animal. That's, that's, that's the power of an animal, animal. And so he said, do not lift up your power. Do not lift up your arrogance. Do not lift, lift up your strength. Do not lift up your horn against heaven or speak arrogantly. Verse 8, for there is a cup in the Lord's hand full of wine blended with spices, and he pours from it. Uh, all the wicked of earth, of all the wicked of the earth, will drink, will drink, drain, draining it, jeez, draining it to the dregs. And so it says, full of wine blended with spices, he pours from it. All the wicked of, of the earth will drink. In other words, all the wicked will f- be forced to drink from the cup of the Lord that he is the Lord. <laughs> and so they, they they won't have a choice. They will be forced to partake of this drink, and it will be a bitter drink for them. And so, and he says he's going to make him drink it until the last drop. He's not playing. (laughs) And in verse 10, he says, I will cut off all the horns of the wicked, but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. So he will cut off the power of the wicked, but the power of the righteous will be lifted up. Speak. (laughs) I think you said it all. (laughs) The wicked will pay in the end. So, right? Like, they're going to be forced. They're going to be like, oh, there really was a God. Or, wow, I probably shouldn't have been living like that. And it, it'll just become a reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and so that is, we hope, we desire that the wicked be converted. You know, I don't desire that anybody suffer the wrath of God. You know, and so our desire is that the wicked be uh, converted. But the Lord says, vengeance be mine. So it's not our place to condemn or whatever the wicked. You know, these Psalms are coming out of the Old Testament. This is before Jesus came along. This is before mercy and forgiveness and, and whatnot. And so they're speaking from that perspective. So let's go on to Psalms chapter 76. The intro says, God, the powerful judge, a call to God to punish evildoers. Even man's angry revolt will be used by God to bring glory to himself. Let's drop down to verse 4. You are uh, resplendent, yes. You are resplendent and majestic. Now, that word, word. Yeah, that word resplendent is not used very much, but it means it, it, it basic, basically means um, uh, a, a colorful, majestic glory. You know, it's just kind of an awe-inspiring thing. It says, you are resplendent and, majest- and majestic, coming down from the mountains of prey. A brave, uh, the brave-hearted have been plundered. Uh, they have slipped into their final sleep. None of the warriors were, was able to lift a hand. At your rebuke, God of Jacob, both chariot and horse lay still. And you are to be feared when you are angry. Who can stand before you? From heaven you pronounce judgment. 
the earth feared and grew quiet. When God rose up to judge and save, you see, when God rose up to judge, but also to, to save, uh, uh, in the, I forget if it's New Testament or Old Testament, it, said, it says in the, in the great and fearful day of the Lord. So it's a, it's, it's a duality thing. And so it's great for those who, who, um, who fear the Lord, but it's going to be dreadful to those who have mocked him. So it says, when God rose up to judge and save all the lowly of the earth, even human wrath will praise you. Well, what does that mean? And so we can go back. Uh, if we go back into Exodus in 1232, uh, it says, uh, take even your flocks and your herds as you asked and left and leave and also bless me. Now, this is Pharaoh talking to Moses after the 10th plague, after the, the, the plague of the firstborn. And so he's despondent and he's telling Moses to essentially to get out of here, take all of your possessions and get out of here. But oh, by the way, bless me. You know, so we see that Moses, I mean, that Pharaoh, even Pharaoh, <laughs> recognized the awe of the Lord, you know, because before Moses could leave, he asked him to bless him, even though his firstborn, Pharaoh's own for, for, the firstborn, was also killed in the plague. He recognized that God was God. In the Tenth Commandment, in the Ten Commandments, the movie, you know, this isn't in the Bible, but Yul Brenner, when he was talking to his wife and she asked, well, what happened to Moses? This is after he was chasing after Moses um, and his whole army got swallowed up in the uh, Red Sea when the Lord covered, covered him over. He comes back by himself and she says, well, what about Moses? And Yul Brenner says, Moses is God, is God. And then the music kicks in. <laughs> so then he was recognizing what the deal was. And so... You know, even human wrath will praise you. So even those that are against you, when they see your awe, they will just be dumbfounded. What do you think about that? I just, I was just thinking about, you know, when, when we come to the end of our life and we realize, oh, God was God. Like when we're face to face with him, it was like, wow, like. I'd rather believe that there's a God and do and be obedient to his word than to find out at the end that I was wrong and he was right. Like he, and he, he exists. Then it's too late. Yep. <laughs> then it's too late. And a lot of people think, oh, you just, you know, uh, religion just tries to scare people into controlling their behavior and this, that, and other. And to be sure, religion does that. Yes. But spiritual faith, true faith as outlined in the Bible is not religion. Religion is man is, is beholding to man-made uh, traditions and rules and laws and that's, that sort of thing. And so uh, that has no place in the Word. Right. If okay. you get rid of the religion, then there's freedom and just doing the right thing. Absolutely. Let's go on to chapter 77. And the intro says, Confidence in times of crisis. We are comforted through the hard times by remembering God's help uh, in the past. Recalling God's miracles and previous works can give us courage to continue. Verse one, I cry aloud to I cry aloud to God. <laughs> God, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. I sought the Lord in my day of trouble. My hands were continually lifted up all night long. I refused to be comforted. Uh, I I think I think of the Lord. I groan. I meditate, my spirit becomes weak. So here we see that Asaph is in despair. And so he, 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 he's not feeling any comfort. And he's all night long, he's pleading out to the Lord. And then we see in verse 7, 
Will the Lord reject forever and never again show favor? Has his faithful love ceased forever? Is his promise at the end for all generations? You know, is his promise, is, is his promise at an end for all generations? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Uh, has he in anger withheld his compassion? And so this is Ace of asking questions. Has, has God left us? You know, has he, I'm not feeling him. I'm not seeing him. All that's happening is this despair and, 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 and desperation and depression. And, you know, have you left us? What's going on? It says in verse 10, so I say, I am grieved uh, that the right hand of the most high has changed. And then he says in verse 11, however, I will remember the Lord's works. Yes, I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. And so I'm going to stop here for a second because when we're going through a tough time, the way we need to combat it is to remember the times that the Lord came in and rescued us from our situation. Now, a, a big part of the problem is a lot of times people don't acknowledge or recognize when God is moving in their life. And so if they don't recognize when the Lord has moved in their life in the past and they can't attribute it to God, then they don't have anything to go back to when they get into their new troubles. Okay, but one way to get through it, or I should say the way to get through it is to recall don't forget, recall what God has done in the past in order to save your behind so that you can apply that memory to the present situation. Comment. And for me, it helps me to know that when I was in trouble before, God showed up. And so that God will show up again. Like it, It's like a marker to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's a life marker, a landmark. Yeah. You know, a landmark so that we don't forget. It says in verse 20, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And so this is Asaph recalling, you know, you led us out of all kind mm-hmm. of trouble. And so I know you can do it again, you know, and so that's going to give me some peace. And so uh, we're going to hit uh, Psalms uh, 78. This is the last chapter we're going to do for today. This is a long chapter. Uh, but what happens in this chapter is that it recalls all of the things that the Jews have gone through in the past. And so Asaph is, is recalling their history. You know, So we're not going to go through most of this. We're just going to highlight some points here. So uh, the intro says, Lessons from Israel's past. Asaph retells the history of the Jewish nation from the time of slavery in Egypt to David's reign. It was told over and over to each generation so that they would not forget God and make the same mistakes as their ancestors. Verse 1, my people, hear my instruction. Listen to the words from my mouth. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak um, mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known, and that our ancestors have passed down to us. We will not hide them from their children but will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, um, his might and the wondrous works he has performed. In verse 7, so that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's work, or not forget God's works, but keep his commands. Then they would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn, stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not loyal and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Let me go back to verse 7. So that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his commands. Who's the they that's being referred to? The children. 
And so he says, we're going to retell these stories over and over and over so that our children and our children's children will not forget the works of God and be subject to repeating the same mistakes that their ancestors made. Comment. So I've kind of been doing a little study about this um, as a mom. So how can I be a godmother? Or, you know, we use that term in America, but it's really linking the generations together so that our kids will know our story, will know our history um, of our family, what the Lord's done for us, and then instill in them that it's important that they tell their children. And so sometimes when history gets lost, what happens? People end up repeating it. <laughs> so if they don't know, you know, we had this battle and this is how God showed up, or this is how God loved us through something, or if you don't share that story with them, then the next generation won't ever hear it either. That's right. So. And it's critical to keep in mind that the reason is not just to pass along stories. The motivation is so that they don't repeat the mistakes. Because right. we don't want them to repeat the mistakes. And they can't help but repeat them if they don't know them. If nobody tells and them. So, um, so they have to know. And with that, we have concluded episode 100. And so, you know, party <laughs> we thank you for joining us. It's been a, a great run. We still have, we're, we're over halfway through the Old Testament and over a third of the way through the entire Bible. So we still have a bunch of episodes to come. And so, uh, and my wife is not going to be a stranger on the Word Encounter because um, this is just <laughs> not my endeavor. This is a family endeavor. And so yes. we thank you for the support. And we say, keep tuning in. Keep reading. Keep reading. Keep ingesting wisdom. That's the most important thing. And with that, we will see you for episode 101 tomorrow. Bye-bye.